Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. So good to have one of these rare Sundays, Michelle, where we get to share the stage. We do. And be in conversation and um, see how it goes from there. <laughs> so great to do that and uh, with you uh, all together because you, you feed us as well, our messages, uh, and to be present. And we're completing our, our Back to Basics series, something we do um, every new year, Vibrant Spiritual Living. And today is about keys to health and well-being, which is our initiative for 2022. And I figured, Michelle, uh, the month is almost over, so you almost can't ask this question anymore. But when it comes to last year, Mm -hmm. what is something that has momentum that you want to keep moving forward? And what is something that you're ready to leave in 2021 and let go? Well, the interesting thing for me is that the answer to that question is the same thing. It is that uh, I had extraordinary, deep, profound grief last year from many losses and things that changed dramatically in my life. And I'd like to let go of the deep pain of that. But at the same time, I see the wisdom that came with that deepened pain that I'm carrying forward into this year to continue to deepen my spiritual path, to continue to deepen and open my heart. It felt like my heart got burst open from that degree of of grief. And there's a, a heart opening in that that feels like it's still relevant and has momentum for me for this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. What yeah. a powerful way to open a message is to have the thing that you need to let go of and the thing you need to be move forward with be the Both same thing. Same. And does it have something to do with fully acknowledging the grief that allows you to move into turning into something constructive for you? Absolutely. Because yeah. I think that this, we've, we've talked about, I talk about a lot because I think it bears uh, repeating for myself and all others that our teaching is not a teaching of denial. We don't teach people, if you have pain in your life, just push it aside. And so that deep pain informs and uplifts and allows me to feel the deep joy also. Yeah, and, it, and uh, there's no doubt that it's painful. And yet, you know, in our, our teaching, getting back to basics, you know, can we recognize that everything that comes up from me comes up for me? Mm-hmm. Right. Can, does everything that come, comes up from me come up for me? It doesn't mean it's always the most positive thing. Right. Uh, but, but can we, we say to ourselves, there's nothing bad in me. No. There's nothing wrong with me. And so when grief comes up, fear, mm-hmm. anger, to realize that, yes, um, struggling with them and staying on the outside of them can, can be a very painful process. But when we acknowledge them and step into them, they can lead us back to a greater realization of love, even you know, no matter how damn hard it, it yeah. is. And yeah. I won't speak for you about how difficult it's been, but I think it's a powerful thing to find. Not that God brings us grief, but right there, back the grief is a divine presence and power. Another way that I can kind of say that, because I like the way you've said that, is I often feel like what comes out of me in my deepest, darkest moments shows me more of who I am and what's mine to do, and that reunites me with myself in a way that I couldn't do otherwise. We think we know ourselves, but then when that deep stuff rises up, we get to really see, and the joy of seeing even the pain and the darkness and the frustration and the anger and the wish for something to be different shows me more of who I am and helps me embrace something bigger in my life. So it's been a great yeah. gift. And, and for all of us, I think it's a big thing to say, I've come out of a pandemic year healthier than ever. Yeah. Right. That's what we want to be mm-hmm. able to say, not make it up, 
I'm not saying don't say it if it's not true, but to say that I'm, I'm even in challenging times, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this this uh, this work. And right. and for me, you know, that this. Uh, past year, what I want to carry forward is the momentum of my accomplishments instead of stewing in my disappointments. Ah. <laughs> and we get stuck in that stew sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I remember, and, and maybe probably everyone has this, did you have a moment last year that just defined the whole year? And mine was, uh, we were outside of Seattle in November. We had just celebrated our fifth wedding anniversary, my wife April and I, and I got to go for a run in what is kind of my mecca because it's where they filmed Twin Peaks, my favorite TV show. Oh. So I'm there in the woods and I'm running and um, and everything that has been good about the year just comes up. First of all, um, one of the reasons I love living in Colorado is that uh, when you go to the West Coast, you can run like eight miles. So here I'm like a brisk <laughs> waddle, huffing and puffing. There I'm like a, a marathon runner. So I'm feeling really level. healthy and well, and I've, I've met those physical well-being intentions. And uh, it was a promise to my wife to come back to this place where we went on our honeymoon five years before. And so I'd fulfilled a a, a promise, good husband, move, and uh, I've got good kids, I'm grateful for them, they're doing well, and uh, there's just a lot of creative energy, and I'm able to be present, it was something I was really struggling with just at the time, just having that sacred time, and there it is, just everything fulfilled in that moment, and great momentum, and 30 minutes later, the, the opposite experience happened, so <laughs> I got to see uh, uh, my wife and we got into uh, a little bit of accosting one another, a little bit of an argument, and I also realized at that time that, that on this vacation, it's probably the only time alone we'll spend the whole time, because we have our kids with us, which is a reminder of not meeting that intention of getting more quality time together, and then there's a crazy work thing going on, which draws my attention, which is a reminder that I didn't have to spend enough time on my own self and paying attention and didn't write the books that I wanted to write, et cetera, et cetera, and so um, here are two moments. One... Mm-hmm. magnifying the accomplishments and the other magnifying the disappointments. And I'm guessing that for all of us, there's a moment in each year that can speak every year is filled with me for, with accomplishments right. and disappointments. But the question is, which am I going to emphasize, yes. right? Uh, and I love the law of life from Robert Anton Wilson, which says that you are exactly as big as that which you love and exactly as small as that which you allow to annoy you. And so there's the choice, <laughs> right? And so going to that new year, it's not that I don't want to be aware of what disappointed me because I want to build that in to accomplishing, but I don't want to stew in the disappointments because of all that energy that that robs from the momentum of continuing to complete mm-hmm. and grow in intentions. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful, powerful, and uh, very informative. Again, keep continuing to get to see yourself through all these experiences. Yes, and we, mm-hmm. you know, we both get to take where, well, we all together really have an opportunity to set yes. intentions this year. How many people have checked out the webpage with our health and well-being initiative on it? Me too. Okay, good. We, we, we can use guilt sometimes here, so we'll bring that in for you. Uh, but when you go to that page, uh, we're all invited as a community to improve our health and well-being spiritually this year, emotionally, psychologically, physically, uh, in our lifestyle, in our relationships, in our work, all those things. And there's a little worksheet on there. Um, you just click on it, and it invites you to set motivating uh, and specific intentions uh, for what you want to accomplish in your health and well-being mm-hmm. this year. And I'll, I'll spill it yeah, right here us, in front of God us. and everybody. Uh, and uh, for me, <laughs> physically, I want to be healthy, but I want to be um, healthier psychologically towards my body. I want to be more compassionate mm-hmm. towards my body, mm-hmm. uh, not just in what I consume, but in uh, 
limiting my judgments about myself and being more self-accepting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to uh, renew my marriage. You have a little a baby and you're three years old and you turn around and you look at your partner and you say, who the hell is this person? <laughs> right? Or, or some of you, you've been married 25 years and you turn around and say that we could become a mystery. So I want to get to know who my wife is again and have her get to know me again and really, really grow in that. And uh, both spiritually and, and psychologically, Michelle, I want to increase uh, creative sacred time. Yes. Um, I'm okay okay being busy. I love being busy, but for every stitch of busyness, I want a stitch of sacred time Mm -hmm. in there too to find balance because I notice when I take that sacred or creative time, even if it's working or writing, it fills me up and gives me the energy to bring more awareness to whatever is on the to-do list. So that's what is on mine. What's Beautiful. on yours? Beautiful. Well, mine, uh, when I fill the form out uh, physically, I use this time. I have been uh, sugar-free and gluten-free for four and a half years now. And so I used this time to renew my commitment to that um, because it helps me feel and stay centered. Uh, I noticed that without sugar and gluten in my physical form, it helps me feel less foggy-brained and more connected in every way possible. So it serves me. I had a little glitch with it, but... You got me. I'm like, I, I only had two white claws last <laughs> night. So you got me. <laughs> and then, um, and movement, which is also uh, physical and lifestyle, just more physical movement. I'm one of those people who finds creative ways to get movement into my experience, like maybe turn on music and dance around the house when no one's looking and just have a good time singing out loud and, and uh, being a little bit crazy, which is good for my lifestyle. A little bit crazy is very good for my lifestyle. Um, I also think for my lifestyle, uh, I didn't mention this at the first service, but I've come to the place in my life where I'm at the age now where I think I'm tired of wearing high heels, ladies. Yeah. And maybe some of the, some of the other expressions in this life who also might wear heels. I just am, I'm wearing more comfortable shoes now. (gasps) And uh, that's important to me. And then um, also I would say spiritually, there has been this uh, deep call to continue my uh, my deepened spiritual practice, which also I think includes silent retreat, quiet time, withdrawing from the world for longer periods than just my morning practice and just really being with myself as I continue to work with and process the grief from last year. That's going to be important, I think, for me this year. And I also believe that a huge part of what's important to me is the continuing to Uh, align myself with the divine. I have had so many key moments in my life where I feel guided by a deep voice, a real clear sense of guidance. And what I know that takes is maintenance of that relationship, a willingness to go each day into the silence and into the quiet and attune myself to that inner voice so that it's available to me as my deepest and most profound security. Because we can get so tempted to believe that every Everything out there and everyone out there is our source of security uh, for emotional, physical, mental, spiritual security. That if I have enough people or if I have enough money or if I have enough of a job or if I have enough opportunity or if I have enough health and well-being, then, then I can know that my life is good. I think Daniel's song about just raising a kind child. What is the important things in my life? And I know for me, that attunement really is important. And that leads me to my first key. I'm going to make that transition. Good segue. I know, uh-huh. my first it's key. It's not normally we get to do that in the middle of a message. Watch <laughs> yeah. this segue, everybody. But a boom. <laughs> My first, uh, my first key is about anchoring our truest sense of security in the divine. 
Here's bottom line for me in terms of health and wellness in our life in this spiritual teaching is that there comes a moment where I believe that being able to stand in the fullness of my life and not be so uh, pulled by what happens here or what happens there or even pulled or triggered by the potentialities of uncertainty but rather the truest security for me is to know that I am attuned to a power and a force in this universe that no matter what happens out there I got this I got this right I can do this. I, can, I, I am supplied with ideas and guidance and information and the ability to communicate and the ability to be connected in such a way that I'm, I'm there. That's my truest security. And sometimes we get, we get it backwards. We think that all that provides security and I think this is what provides security. And I wanna anchor it with a quote from Eric Butterworth who says to us, Security cannot be found in things. You are not secure because of a bank account. You are not secure because of your investments or your possessions. Security can be experienced in one way only, by identifying yourself as a channel for the flow of infinite mind. And so for me, when I do this work on a daily basis, that's what I'm anchoring into, is that I feel that flow of that divine source moving through me in me and as me, and that's my truest security. That's beautiful, mm -hmm. right, to be Quinoa. able to, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you know, but, you know, part of that is you're moving um, past our, our disappointments or those yes. challenges to know that divine mind is operating in us and defines us right. more than those experiences, that we can have a bad experience or a challenging experience and it doesn't say anything about who we are, it's how we express that, and that's mm -hmm. what that divine mind and this divine teaching gives us. Absolutely. Um, Key number two uh, is to make sure whatever your intentions are, and hopefully you're thinking about your intentions for your health and well-being this year as we're giving this, this message, but make sure that you can hit your target every day. Make sure that you can hit a target every day. There's nothing wrong with having big, wide, massive goals, but if you're not in the way of meeting them every day, you might miss them. Uh, uh, Michelangelo, the great painter, was famous for saying that um, it's better to aim high and miss than to aim too low and to hit, right? To settle into a life that, that's uh, not what you're designed to be. And there's nothing uh, wrong with that from a big perspective. But I, in the everyday perspective, I love something Thomas Fuller said. He said, um, missing the target, you can do it just as much by aiming too high as too low. And so I'd invite you to think if, if it's being in better shape, if it's having a more healthy partnership, if it's greater peace of mind, don't just say, hey, I'm gonna be, I'm choosing to be in better shape right here and right now. I wish it worked that way, but it yeah. doesn't. I have to make those little daily choices that make being in better shape the byproduct of those choices. I can't just choose to have a better marriage. I have to choose to be a better husband every day mm -hmm. in those little actions. And sometimes I think of it like baseball. You know, a lot of us, we go up to the plate of our goals and we try to hit a home run every day. And sometimes you will, but you know what else will happen? You'll probably strike out a lot, mm -hmm. right? But there's something about having that consistency of just trying to get on base. Mm -hmm. I just want to get a single. Uh, I just want to keep going. And that, that creates this kind of momentum. And the wonderful thing is before you know it, you're not even meaning to hit the ball over the fence and you do. 
-hmm. right? You're meeting your target. And having those daily goals, for me, it helps me take responsibility for my life without blaming um, others or situations. Uh, Schwengza, the great Taoist philosopher, he said something really powerful. It's coming up on a slide on your screen. He said, the mature person is like a good archer. When he misses the bullseye, he turns around and seeks the reason for his failure in himself. And I like this, not to say that in my own life at the end of the day, um, other, that, that I should be blaming myself or feeling guilty, but I love it when I've not hit the mark that day that I can catch it right there and I can make it about me. Did I keep my composure? Did I love the people I care about most? Did I focus on what I love instead of what I let to annoy me? And I can be pretty honest with the answer. And always remember, of course, that tomorrow is the new day. Um, but it's so easy to get caught up in the stories mm -hmm. of how other people are getting in the way of my happiness or my success. So a big example of that for me, Michelle, this past year during the pandemic times, I'm a little ashamed of it, is my, my wonderful son, who I got to talk about last week, had this habit of waking up in the middle of the night and taking all the ice cubes, which meant that I didn't get to make my breakfast smoothie in the morning. And uh, you know how little things can cause us to create little right, stories? So right. there I was in the morning, empty ice tray, and I'd go to either two directions. One is the victim place. Oh, sure. Nobody cares about me. <laughs> Nobody cares that I have my morning smoothie. Mm -hmm. And then the other times I would go to the more ogre place of that little brat is <laughs> getting in the way of me having uh, this movie. And so last week I gave a, a loving message to my son today. It's, if you're ever watching this, please refill the ice trays. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, uh, but the other, there's another solution, which is to take an ice tray and hide it, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we get so caught into the victim or persecutor yeah. narrative of where we're at, but that, we've, that it becomes more important than getting what we want mm -hmm. and getting what we need. And that's part of that everyday focus on your success is whatever's in your way, yes, hold accountable, but get your needs met first. Take care of yourself first and then address those things uh, around you. And then you'll, you'll, you'll be a much happier smoothie drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're talking about the, these, the little consistent choices that really do build momentum towards mm -hmm. what it is that we want. And I think we do underestimate that at times. Yeah, and when, the, when we take care of the little things, in my experience, the big things take yep. care of themselves. Yep. That little action, that little bit. And so mine also, my third, the key, third key that I want to offer is about tending to the garden of the mind, which we talk and teach about a lot here. The importance of exactly what Josh just demonstrated, walking towards something, noticing it, and then noticing what we're thinking. Am I thinking of myself in this moment as the victim or the victor? Am I thinking of myself as uh, someone who can't do this? If I had a moment of failure or a moment of challenge, how do I I do that. And a lot of this is about paradigm shift, shifting. And this is something that I love about our teaching and have said many times that I think one of the greatest things that this teaching has ever has ever given to me is the ability to witness my own thinking, to be the observer of this thought processes that go on in my head. Because once I can observe what it is that I'm thinking about myself, about anybody else, or about something in life, I can shift it. I can ask myself, is that a thought that I want to have manifest in my life? Is that a thought that I want to come for, to, to fruition? And recognizing that the arrow exists 
example, that every time I'm shooting forth a thought, it's like that arrow that's going forth that will ultimately uh, fulfill my life with the atmosphere of my own thought. So if my own thinking is continually filled with resentment and anger and pisosity towards other people and other situations and other things, then that's going to become the general atmosphere of my life. And I've got to be willing to change my mind. Our founder, Ernest Holmes, said, change your thinking, change your life. He literally did talk about this. And we do believe that if we can get out of our own way and change our thinking, we can make a huge difference for ourselves. But what happens, of course, is we can get very righteous and very caught up in our viewpoint is the right viewpoint, our way of perceiving things is the right way, and then we get very stoic and we get stuck. And that can't serve us, it doesn't serve us. There's this great teaching story that has been demonstrated in a lot of different cultures, sometimes in a, a joking way. There's some uh, urban legend uh, ideas that this might actually have happened at one point. But the, the version of it that I'm bringing to us today is from 1987, uh, written by Frank Koch. In the, um, it was published in the U.S. Naval Institute's journal called Proceedings. And here's how he said it happened. He said, two battleships assigned to the training squadron had been at sea on maneuvers in heavy weather for several days. I was serving on the lead bad ship and was on watch on the bridge as night fell. The visibility was poor with patchy fog, so the captain remained on the bridge keeping an eye on all activities. Shortly after dark, the lookout on the wing of the bridge reported light bearing on the starboard bow. Is it steady or moving astern, the captain called out. Lookout replied, steady captain, which means we were on a dangerous collision course with that ship. So the captain called to the signalman, signal that ship, we're on a collision course, advise you to change course 20 degrees. Back came a signal, advisable for you to change course 20 degrees. In reply, the captain said, send, I'm a captain, change course 20 degrees. And the reply came, I'm a seaman, second class you had better change course 20 degrees. And by that time, the captain was furious. He spit out, send, I'm a battleship, change course 20 degrees. To which came back the flashing light, I'm a lighthouse. <laughs> we changed course, he said. <laughs> and I love this story because it reminds me of those moments that I get so... Oh, you do it my way. No, you do it my way. I want it my way. And I get very anchored in my righteousness. And that has caused me to have collisions with things and people and situations that had I just taken a deep breath and maybe investigated a little more, challenged myself a little bit more on the direction of my thinking, invited myself to get out of my own paradigm and step out and look at the situation, whether it's Gavin and ice cubes or whatever it is, that then I can see things from a different viewpoint and maybe make a different choice that will serve me better. And this teaches is all about the health and wellness of the mind, the garden of the mind. And so we can't discount this. We must constantly, as Josh just said, take accountability for our own thoughts, our own reactions, our own energy towards things and people, recognizing that we can take steps to shift that at any time we choose to, and that that is just a choice away. That's an important key for me. Yeah, yeah. I love that too, yeah. Michelle. Thank you.
And uh, our, our founder, Ernest Holmes, he said, guard well this garden of your mind. Yes. It is God's garden of, of your soul. And, and it reminds you of all the muck and the it ick does, that we can uh, allow because most of us don't think of our own consciousness as God's garden of our soul. We, we often are telling ourselves other thing. And so to know, just like you said, that we could always get back there, right. always steer back, uh, gives us everything. And it gives us this extra layer of awareness. I love that idea in our lives that can help uh, hold us to wholeness, even when we're forgetting that right. part of us is. And so the, the final key today for um, health and well-being is to not forget to celebrate your successes. Yeah. Don't forget to celebrate your uh, accomplishments. Wittgenstein, the great uh, philosopher, said, that which we uh, fail to articulate, we pass over in silence. And in a spiritual sense to me, that means that for us, for so many of us, there's so much love there, so much kindness, so much good so much blessing that we don't stop to articulate, that we don't stop to appreciate, that we don't stop. And therefore, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, but we don't quite embody it. Mm. It doesn't quite um, move into the pores and it doesn't quite weave into our lives the way that we should. And, you know, I know it's January, but uh, y'all have worked hard to stay optimistic I'm sure, in challenging times. Y'all have worked incredibly hard to maintain authenticity and connection to something larger than yourself when we're constantly told that the world is falling apart around <laughs> us. And, and that deserves some appreciation and celebration, whatever you've been able to do and accomplish within yourself, in your relationships, and in your work this year. So stop and celebrate it so that you really accomplish it, so that you don't look back three years from now going, what the hell happened back then? And, and that is that key part of that momentum as well. And not getting caught up in those disappointments, Holmes also says that in order to step into the greater, you have to let go of the lesser. You know, and that, I think that's a key theme in what we're both sharing today is that the lesser may always be there, but let, it's time to emphasize the greater aspects of who you are so that you can bring them into greater being. Absolutely. And becoming. And so as we move into prayer, Dr. Michelle is going to do our prayer, but just one more quote from our founder, Ernest Holmes, today uh, coming up on our screen to share as well. Today, I expect new ways of doing things. I expect everything in my experience to enlarge, deepen, and broaden. I expect more good, more enthusiasm, more accomplishment than ever before. There now opens up before me a world of new ideas, new thoughts, new people, and new situations. So taking a deep breath, I invite our practitioner prayer partners to stand with us in this prayer. As they do so, they're taking a stand not only physically, but in consciousness as we pray together and recognize the weaving energy of divine light and love that permeates all creation that is right here, right now, present in this very room, in this prayer, in and as each one of us. And we stand together, all of us, in this prayerful consciousness now recognizing that this love and this light shines brightly through us. And as we move towards the completion of the first month of this new year, we feel the power of this light that is guiding us forth in every area of our living, in every decision, in every relationship, in every condition of life more profoundly than ever before. And allow ourselves to feel the intentionality with which this light shines through us 
calls us into our greater good, calls us into living more in alignment and in attunement with the deeper truth of who we really are. And so we feel and sense and allow those intentions to anchor themselves in our awareness, to become consciously aware of in our own heart and mind, and to step forward with clarity, with awareness, with wholeness, with love and joy, recognizing that this call that may be rising forth within us is that greater life seeking expression through us in a more expansive way. That invitation to live our lives full out, to stand in any condition or situation that we might find ourselves and be attuned to God, to love, to wholeness, to harmony, to peace, to abundance, to the truth of who we really are. This is what life is calling to us to be and do right here and right now. And we are blessed to recognize this, blessed to know this about ourselves, and blessed for the courage that it takes to step forward into that spiritual, powerful yes to life itself shining brightly through us now. I'm so grateful that this is the truth of us, so grateful that this is what is made manifest in us now. For I know and affirm that as each one of us listens to that and lives from that, that we contribute greatly to the world at large. Oh, what a great gift. And so I just see this prayer now released into the action of that law that makes it so. I let it go. I let it be. It is done. Thank you, life. And so it is. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.